Art of Visuals community and welcome to the Art of Visuals podcast, a content series to inspire the creators, the mavericks, the hustlers, and the visionaries who believe that art and creativity have the power to impact and change culture. This series was created for you, the explorers of the world. We're here because you're not alone on this journey to becoming your best self. This series shares real authentic stories direct from the world's most talented creative community. These stories are meant to inspire, motivate, and educate you and the rest of the AOV family. With over a decade of experience in entrepreneurship, content creation, and self-development, the AOV team is here to create a new kind of culture within our community, one that inspires action, love, growth, and fulfillment. You are now tuning in to the AOV Podcast. What's going on, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the AOV Podcast. My name is Prince McClinton, and I am your host. And today's guest is Jeff Brenner. He's a photographer and lover of the outdoors based in Clovis, California. Brother Jeff, what's happening, my man? How's it going, Prince? Thanks for having me on the show, man. Dude, it's my pleasure, dude. Why don't you kick us off with giving the community a little bit of uh, background information on yourself. All right. So as you said, Jeff Brenner grew up in Clovis, California. That's where I'm currently living. Never uh, left my hometown. I'm an outdoor and wildlife photographer full time. I'm a real estate photographer. Yeah. Love what I do. I've got an awesome wife who's super supportive and uh, two, two great dogs. So that's, that's kind of what my world is about. I love it. So where's Clovis? Like, where is that in California? You know, not to not to knock my hometown, but if you're going through California, my uh, (laughs) my town isn't really the place that that you want to stop by and see. No, it's 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 actually pretty awesome. Um, We're like central California, two hours away from Yosemite, two hours away from the beach. You know, you've got other mountains over here. So it's it really is a great place. It gets super hot, you know, about 108 degrees in the summer, but you can kind of weather that. Yeah, it'll it'll be cool cuz you you got everything just right in your backyard. Dude, I love it. I couldn't imagine being 2 hours away from Yosemite. How often do you get out to Yosemite? I try to go 2 to 3 times a month if I can. Yeah, it's it's nice cuz with my job I can just kind of like not schedule shoots. Like I'm going to I'm going to go tomorrow. I saw that there's supposed to be a, a storm coming in, and um, I've got a shoot that I need to do for a company. So I was thinking tomorrow's a good day to go. And it's just, yeah, it's really cool to be able to go at the drop of a hat. Usually I'll hit my buddies Jordan and David up, and we just head out there, you know, last minute, and nothing like it, man. Dude, that's the best. And we can talk about this in a little bit, but. It makes sense why your feet is so awesome and the, the wildlife in these moments that you're able to capture. This isn't, you know, this isn't doable going to Yosemite once, you know, once a year. <laughs> uh, no, I appreciate that, man. Well, you, you earn it. You got a lot of you got a lot of shots that I can tell you worked for. And, you know, it's guys like you that are consistently getting out there and, and, and in the field and and showing up at these places with different weather. with Like, like those are the guys that get those shots that you're just like. Oh, like you just have to be there. You can't, you can edit, you can be the best editor in the world and do everything you can, but you can't recreate that. You just have to catch that moment, you know? Yeah, no, it's, it's really cool to be able to go out there as often as I do, but it's, it's kind of a joke among my friends. 
because we'll we'll see you know big big players on instagram that we follow and they're like oh yeah you know going out to yosemite in a couple months and they go there for you know they plan this big trip they're there for like three days and they get the sickest images and i'm like dude why can't we you know it, it just seems like every time we go out there you know we're looking for this this awesome sunset and there happens to be cloud cover or you know they have this once in a lifetime experience there and we always think it's funny it's like man that's i mean bravo that's good for you but whenever we we try to plan it right you know oh the weather is going to be this way we go there and it's like totally opposite so you know you get you get lucky every now and then but it's that's kind of the fun part though you don't you really don't know what you're going to get mm. and uh, you know with photography you just kind of adapt and that's that's the best thing about it I love it. I mean, do you think these guys are just getting lucky with, with epic weather or do you think it's just an epic edit? Um, it's, I, I feel like at, at this point I can uh, tell if there's, you know, a sky drop on a photo. Sometimes it's, you know, not put together super great, but a lot of these guys, I, I don't want to say it's luck because I mean, they scout stuff out. Yeah, I, I would have a hard time saying like, oh, you don't deserve it. It's luck. I mean, there's there's usually a lot of thought um, and planning going into that. I, you know, I, I have seen some where it's like, all right, you know, maybe I was there that day, you know, that they're like, oh, yeah, it was great sunset yesterday. And I'm like, yeah, I was there. There, there was no sunset. <laughs> no, but the best is when you're on a trip with friends and everyone's posting the, some of their shots from the trip and you're just kind of like, where was that? Like. We were all there together. I don't remember a bridge being in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there wasn't a wolf walking across the road. What, yeah, I'm like, we're... <laughs> um, anywho, let's talk about, you know, how you got into photography. What's the background there? Um, so I, I took photo in high school. I, I feel like that's kind of a common, you know, when you talk to the photographers, most of them have taken a photo class. Like my first photo was the the pinhole camera you know and uh i thought it was awesome man my my teacher mr webb was like the most passionate dude i've ever seen about what he does like that guy you you look at him and you know that guy's waking up just stoked to to you know be able to teach kids and you know kind of build that appreciation for photography and so I was super into it. I really enjoyed it. I took two years, you know, when I was doing that in high school and, and, and then after I was focusing on, on track and, you know, had my, I don't know, kind of like the, the normal life, you know, just a regular, regular job, you know, then, you know, went to college and was doing that while I was competing. And then, um, I, I got my degree in communication and, you know, I wanted to kind of focus on like business and business communications and all that. And then, um, yeah, so I, I ended up getting injured in track and, uh, it kind of, kind of adjusted my, my direction with where I wanted to go. Definitely was lost for a while. So then, um, during that, that recovery time, I, I started a clothing company. So, um, I was doing that for, for about five years, you know, cause I was like, man, I'm, I'm used to like getting out and doing stuff. Like I got to do something with my time. And, you know, I was not able to, uh, put weight on cause I tore my ACL twice. So I wasn't able to put weight on there for a while. So I was just like sitting at home. I was like, I, I got to do something. So I started this 
little mini clothing company and did that for about five years and uh, realized during that time, like, I love the marketing side of it and I love the, um, the photography side of it. So I, I didn't want to do that anymore with my life, but the, yeah, the certain aspects with photography and marketing I wanted to do. So, um, I know this, this is kind of long winded. I'll, I'll bring it in. Um, but yeah, so after I finished that, I was like, man, you know, I'm, I'm still, I got a job working in the, uh, print industry and just was not, not loving it. And, um, had a conversation with my wife and she's like, well, what, what do you love to do? What, what do you want to do? I was like, man, I love photography. I would love to do that with my life. And she's like, okay, so what, what do you need to do to do it? Like to get there, like, how can you go and just make it happen? So just started doing some research shortly after that conversation, I got an offer to work with a guy who, who does real estate photography, uh, my buddy, Kevin. And, um, so I was like, okay, well there's, there's my opportunity. Real estate wasn't like, you know, the, the best thing, um, or I guess my, the, the genre I was most passionate about, but, um, yeah, started doing that. And, was able to finally kind of turn it into a full-time thing and, and haven't looked back since. Dude, I love it. Real estate photography is a great way to make some money, especially if you live in a place with like a hot market. So like Boise right now is like, if not the number one, you know, one of the top fastest developing housing markets in the entire country right now. And so um, I always tell people that live in places, I'm like, you know, how's the economy there? Oh, it's booming. Housing market booming? Yeah. I'm like, why aren't you shooting real estate photography then? Yeah. No, you're right. It's it's crazy, man. Like, people always, you know, whether the, the housing market's good or bad, people are always going to need their homes shot. You know, whether it's a, a few homes or a lot of homes. So if you put yourself out there and put in the work and you're you're the go-to photographer in, in your local market people are going to call you and you're going to have work. So, yeah, I mean, at, at, at the busiest time I was shooting, you know, five to six houses a day and, you know, going all over the map, um, you know, or I, I guess, you know, about an hour to two hours outside of my town. And yeah, it was, it's been awesome, you know, and then it dies down in the winter. You got to kind of in the summer when everything's going, you can't be like, Oh yeah, man, like I'm making so much money. Let me adjust my living to that. You know, <laughs> you, you got to kind of stash away for, for the slow time. So, but that's just, that's kind of the industry. Yep. And you got to hit it hard. Like when it's, yeah. when, when the getting's good, that's not the time to go take a week off and go hang out in Yosemite and miss out on shooting 20 houses, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, yeah you gotta you know which yeah the iron's hot you gotta get after it and then when it slows down you know take some time off but you know how it yeah is. <laughs> yeah and there there were times where it was a super busy week and i'm like man i'm i'm getting in over my head right right now i gotta i gotta go take some time in yosemite you know i it was you know it got to the point where it's like i'm i'm cool to miss a couple shoots or or just push them to the next week or or something but mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's easy to kind of drown in it because, you know, if you're shooting five to six listings a day, like each one takes about an hour. So then you account travel time. So you're you're working probably a nine hour day there. And then, you know, if you want to do your 24 hour turnaround time, you're editing from like 
I, for me, I would edit, I would work until, you know, sunset. So usually about seven or eight and then come home, eat dinner. And then from like 10 to 3 AM, that's when I'm editing all my photos and, you know, it would get exhausting, but that's just kind of, you know, I felt like for me, I had to earn it. You know, if I wanted to work every day with a camera in my hand, it's, it's not going to be like falling into my lap and I get to work three hours a day and, you know, earn, earn a living. Like it's, it's usually people are like, Oh man, it's, it's, it's gotta be nice not to work a nine to five. It's like, well, you're, you're working more than a nine to five. No, no question about that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So <laughs> let's do this. I think it'd be rad. I think it's really awesome that you make a full-time living in real estate photography. There's a lot of young and when I say young, I more or less mean green people listening to this podcast that are, you know, newish to photography or not yet making a living through photography. So what type of advice, like how does one get into real estate photography? For me, it was it was pretty, I guess, kind of seamless at at the point when I first started. That's when I was, you know, I'd put some some, some work into my my Instagram account for uh, I don't know about about six months and was you know pretty intentional with what I posted and so I was approached based on that you know and at that point I think I had like I don't know maybe a thousand followers or something but you know for the local market it fit the need that that this guy Kevin was looking for. So let me ask you this: Were you post were you posting real estate stuff or did you more or less just kind of did you just kind of leverage your Instagram a little bit? It's like, Hey, like locally, that's kind of like, there's this guy, he's got this Instagram. He's a really good photographer. Like did that help? Yeah. 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 It, so I didn't post any architectural stuff. It was, it was more, uh, what appealed to him was like, Oh, it's, you know, he takes clean photos and he knows composition. So, you know, I can train him on real estate and it's, you know, he's probably going to get it. Um, so he, he reached out to me on based on that. And then he was, he was awesome in showing me the ropes and just teaching me how to do it. But the biggest thing, you know, for, for people that are wanting to get into it, just shoot your house, shoot, you know, friends, houses, look on forums and, and blogs and, and everything, look at tutorials, invest in those master classes for, you know, with architectural photographers. And once you put together a, a, port, a portfolio, go and do, you know, start with even discounted rates. I know a lot of people nowadays are like, no, I know my worth. I'm not going to, you know, budge on that. But it's like, man, you got to, you got to get those jobs, like lock down as many jobs as you can right now, even if you're not making a bunch of money, because in the long run, it's going to get more work under, you know, under you. And you're going to have people that are going to be referring you to other clients. It's like, you just got to kind of bite the bullet and take it for, for a little bit. No, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. When we were, when we were young, I definitely knew our worth and value. Definitely didn't mean mm-hmm. we weren't, we weren't shooting $150 videos. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. All day long, man. Real estate videos. We do, we did, we did our own version of Boise Cribs here. We did all types of stuff way back in the day and dude i saw that by the way did you really (laughs) yeah yeah it was i i can't remember who the podcast uh was with but he was like oh man 
you got to check out Boise Cribs. And I'm like, oh, this is this is going to be good. So I, I looked at it, man. That's awesome. Dude, so yeah. awesome. It was a lot of fun. We just got creative. And during that time, you know, back in 2011, that allowed us to make enough noise locally to just pick up all yeah. the gigs. We quickly became the guys in real estate. Yeah. You know, and so anyone can do it. You just got to, you know get after it and get creative. What other advice would you give to someone trying to get into real estate photography? Like, you know, there's a lot of guys out there with cameras and stuff. Where do they start? Should they go to a brokerage? Should they like, who do like, who do they even talk to? Is it an agent? So they'd be trying to talk to agents directly. Yeah. So I don't, you know, I don't want to give away all my secrets, but <laughs> no, um, honestly, a big thing, what I do is I, I would, well, so when I when I first started with Kevin, so he had a, a decent client list, and uh, you know I I just kind of went into that seamlessly with him. But I mean, one thing that I'm doing, I'm I'm driving around town, and and I'm seeing even if it's a rundown house, um, you look at the signs, the for sale signs that are out there, like reach out reach out to the agent, and just you know, or look on Zillow see which ones are done professionally and, and the ones that are done on the cell phone. Uh, because I mean, a ton of agents still shoot with, you know, their, their cell phone. They're just, okay, I'm going to pop in, get a couple shots. So you get the gist of it. But now our society is so visually driven, you know, you're it's yeah, you definitely have to have a capturing photo for that, that front image. So, and it, it does a lot. I mean, there's, there's definitely analytics on the comparison between pro photos and cell phone photos. It's just more visually appealing. When we were looking for our house, um, I told my wife, I was like, you know, we got to look for homes that don't have pros done. I mean, we have to look for those ones because the ones that are done professionally, they're going to generate more in interest and probably go for over asking with where the market was at at that point. So now, you know, if you're if you're looking at photos that are not done well, then it's just there aren't going to be a ton of people interested. And that's how we got our house. It was just kind of nobody, nobody was interested. And uh, they actually didn't even post photos initially when the when the listing went out. But um, but yeah, I mean, it's there's there's a lot of a lot of stuff online that that can help people with that. But it's, you know, it's just kind of getting out there and, and also not romanticizing the idea of what it's going to be like, there are going to be shoots that suck, you know, there are going to be crazy situations that happen. And you're going to deal with like crazy clients and crazy sellers. And you just gotta just roll with it, you know? All right. So for those for those hybrid agents that because there's a, there are a lot of agents that do their own photos themselves nowadays, and so I'm curious mm -hmm. for those guys that are in the middle. Do you guys offer any services for them, like editing or presets or courses or anything like that? Um, no, not really for for those. It's it's been more like what we can offer what you can't do, whether it's video or aerials or you know photos that are done at, at dust, you know, cause if you're, you, you can have who's mediocre going and trying to take a desk photo, but you can easily screw that up if you don't know how to composite. Right. You know? Right. So it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not really, we would always kind of try to offer stuff that has them come to us, you know, and then we'd be like, Oh, well we can take care of this as well. 
but yeah, so there's, but we, our market, we don't have a ton of people like that. Usually if they take their own photos, they're just like, I'm going to do my own thing and you know, I don't need you. So, you know, which is fine. You know, everybody's got their own thing. Do you think there's more value in today's society being a real estate photographer, being a real estate videographer or being a hybrid shooter? Definitely hybrid. Um, I would say being able to offer everything so they don't have to shop around is, is a big deal. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm a little torn with that because I think video can be more impactful, mm-hmm. uh, for, for a thing, for a space like real estate, you know, just because you can, with a photo, you're seeing one angle and then for the next one, it might be the opposite angle facing the other way. But for video, like you're getting a moving frame of like what, what the space looks like. Mm-hmm. So it, but also, it really appeals to different people. You know, every some people are going to say, I'd prefer photos. Some will say, I prefer video, just like with weddings. You know, some people want to invest in photos. Some people want to do video instead. So, mm-hmm. but it's it's trying to find that sweet spot where you can appeal to the, the masses, I guess. Gotcha. Okay. I'm curious on how do you, like, do you approach your photography with real estate the same way you approach your wildlife photography like do you have that same you know love and care and attention to detail or is it is it more just doing a job now you know or your boss your your team may listen to this podcast (laughs) well okay so i i actually last month i just broke off to do my own thing so um yeah not not creating like a competing company or anything like that. But I was, you know, I was getting more work outside of real estate and it just, you know, it was kind of the time to, to break off. So, and it was all on, it was all on good terms, but you know, we, we had, he, he knew where I stood with, with real estate photography. So it was never from the beginning. I was like, you know, my love really is for like the outdoors. Mm -hmm. Uh, What was awesome about, you know, having been a real estate photographer for the last three years is that the, my full-time job and the outdoor and wildlife stuff was completely disconnected. I, I really appreciated that, you know, I could go and shoot a house and, you know, it was, it was work for me. I, I definitely take pride in that still, especially when I'm shooting stuff. Like I currently I'm working for an agent in the mountains who, you know, she'll send me cabin shoots and stuff. And it's like, that's my dude. I, I love that. Like just, you know, getting to drive up there and, uh, that's, there's nothing better than that, but you no, it, the night? it's, uh, no, no. You, well, it's only like an hour away from me too. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> no, well, yeah, sometimes we camp up there, but usually I, I enjoy driving and, yeah. uh, yeah. Yeah. So no, we, uh, I, I definitely appreciate that they're, they're totally different. You know, I, like I said, I definitely take pride in the real estate stuff, but it's, it gives me a different feeling when I'm out shooting wildlife, you know, it's, um, and it doesn't feel like work, which is awesome. You know, I can go out there and on my free time and that's right where I want to be. It's not like I, I need a break from photography or anything. It's, I, if I'm shooting all week, you know, shooting homes all week, I, all I want to do on the weekend is go shoot, you know, nature and outdoor stuff. So. Dude, I love it. I think it's a perfect time to transition out of the real estate 
game and make our way into your epic wildlife photography. How did you how did you fall in love with wildlife photography out of all the different type all the different genres? Man, it just kind of happened by chance. So um, I was I was doing you know when I was first getting into photography, I was doing landscapes and just kind of taking the photos everybody starts out taking. And then, then I had this really crazy encounter with uh, Yosemite, and I was with a what? Uh, I was crouched in, in the meadow, thing like in the meadow. Yeah, then encounter. Am I cutting out a little bit? Yeah, you had, you'd cut out. So you had an, account, an encounter with what type of animal in Yosemite? Uh, with a buck, so okay. a mule deer buck. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was hanging out in the meadow. I was about twenty-five feet away taking photos. And, uh, it, it, I don't know, taking, you know, the sound of the shutter piqued its interest and it came up to me. And so I'm, you know, laying down over there and, and his, his nose is like right in the, in the lens where it wasn't, it wasn't even focusing. It was like fogging it up <laughs> and it was like, dude, it was the craziest thing. And I know it's, you know, it's a, it's a deer and a Yosemite deer at that. They're all like super cool with animals. Like there's not a, a huge risk there to my understanding. I don't know. But yeah, so that that kind of prompted the the love for wildlife. It was like, dude, there's nothing, there's no better feeling than this. Like, you know, the the kind of element of risk with you can you can have the opportunity of a lifetime to capture this image, and if you don't know your settings or you can't you know work on the fly, like you can completely screw that up, and that that moment is gone forever. So, um, so yeah, I started gravitating more to that. And, um, you know, like I said, when I was doing track and everything during that time, I was doing extreme sports and, you know, wakeboarding and skating and all that. And after the injury, I couldn't, I couldn't do much that was, you know, that would get my adrenaline going. So, um, photographing wildlife, especially an animal that kind of wants to kill you or, or definitely could, you know, it gets the blood pumping and, and I definitely, I love that feeling. So, yeah. So how does one... Like what, what would you say are like some differences between wildlife photography and landscape photography? Like what's the approach like for wildlife? Um, like what, what's, every, like what are you doing at home? Like I, I'm curious of like what the process is. Like I've shot wildlife because I'm out mm-hmm. and I see it, but I'm not like going out and I'm like, okay, I need to understand where these, you know, deer or bears are going to migrate and they're going to be over here. And this is kind of where they hang during this time of day. Like, what type of work go, you know, what's that workflow, I guess, look like as a wildlife photographer? I'm definitely not a purist in the sense of like, when I get a photo of an animal, I'm going to edit that photo and not, not put something that isn't there, but I want to edit it in a way that is like the, the viewer feels like they were there. And I want to try to give that feeling that I had in that moment. And I feel like the, um, like the, the purest wildlife photographers, it's, it's pretty much like how they captured that image in their camera. That's the final product, you know, with maybe minimal cropping, um, minimal exposure differences, but overall it's like, you know, this is just a a photo of an animal and everybody's got their own thing. I just choose to not, um, do it that way, you know? So with me, I, I guess my approach is also different in the sense of like, I'm, I'm not necessarily like planning this, this huge trip to spend, you know, a week in a, in a blind, you know, in the wilderness waiting for this certain animal to come, 
come by. Usually I'm, I'm enjoying going to, you know, if I'm, I drive around, like when I go to Yosemite, I've got my route that I go every time. It's the stuff that I want to see. I usually know where certain animals are. So I'll go and like hit those, those spots. But then like Yellowstone, uh, we've gone there a couple of times in the last year and it's like my favorite place on earth. And, and there I have a hard time given, you know, we're not there all the time. I have a hard time like sitting in one spot for five hours when I could be driving around the whole park, seeing a ton of stuff, you know? Right. So, so yeah, that being said, one of my bucket list goals for this year and next year is going to, uh, it's called McNeil river in Alaska. And at any given time, there's like 20 grizzlies around there. And you basically, you have to get a permit to go and you go with a guide and they've got like, you know, protection and everything. And cause you have to camp overnight and, and do all that stuff. And like, I've seen these bears come like stroke. They've come right up to people and I can't imagine any greater wildlife thrill. So that's one trip that I'm like, okay, I want to plan this out. And my, my wife was like, well, I don't, you know, I don't know if, you know, I want to go like, yeah, you're definitely not going. <laughs> There's no way I'm going to put you in that position, you know, and that's a, that's a conversation that we've had a couple times. She's, she's definitely not, you know, thrilled about it, but, um, I mean, a bunch of people go and, uh, to my knowledge, there haven't been a ton of, or any attacks. So <laughs> I think we're good. <laughs> um, dude, that's, that's awesome. So what type of equipment are you using? I'm, and I'm looking at your feed. I mean, you got bobcats and coyotes and foxes and wolves and bucks and does and bison and <laughs> rams and everything under the sun, man. Like, what's the setup look like? You on a long, like how long of a lens you shoot on? Yeah, so I, I probably have too much gear mainly because I, I don't know, you know, if I'm going out for a shoot, if I'm going to Yosemite, I don't really know what I'm going to focus on. If I'm going to focus on wildlife or if I'm going to do landscape or whatever. Um, when I'm shooting wildlife, my, my go-to is the, the a seven R three with the, uh, Sony 100 to 400. And that's like, that's like my bread and butter. My, my other one, if I'm a little bit closer is, uh, the 70 to 200, G master. And then, um, and then I usually have a secondary cause those lenses are like just great. You know, it's, it's annoying to be switching back and forth. So, uh, my secondary and for stuff that's closer, it's the a seven three. Um, and, and usually I'll, I'll have like a prime on there. Um, just to, you know, if I get the opportunity to be close, I think shooting wildlife with a prime lens is like, there's nothing like it. You, get that real shallow depth of, uh, and it, it just looks awesome. So uh, it's not always that you can get that, especially since you're really not supposed to be close, but um, yeah, some, some rules are meant to be broken, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. I love it. I'm just so mesmerized by your feed and these encounters and you're totally right. Your photos do make you feel, you know, for me as the, as the viewer, I feel like I'm, I'm in all these moments with you. Like I'm just at Yosemite or at Yellowstone hanging out with the bison. 
Thanks, man. That there's no better compliment than that. How did you how did you go about developing your own uh just like style? Um so it just kind of I think it just kind of progressed as as I went um uh, I saw what I liked and saw uh you know opportunity for for growth and um you know ways to change I guess the way I edit um I've I've found that if I want to make the viewer feel like they're there the the depth of field playing with that that's key mm-hmm. and uh, basically not have that image. So yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just kind of, you know, I've, I've gone and I, I'll look at different photographers on Instagram. You know, everybody kind of draws their inspiration from, from certain artists. And, um, I, I don't know, I guess I, I try not, you know, to, to copy anybody. The, the goal is to have something unique enough to where it's, you know, it's not, I guess, imitating somebody else's work, but, I, I find that, or I don't know, maybe somebody looking at my account feels differently, but I feel like it's, uh, my style does tend to change. Um, and maybe that's cause I'm, I'm looking at it from a different perspective, but, um, I, I do feel like each photo calls for something different. You know, I don't want to just throw a, just a normal preset on that. And like, Oh, that's my preset. And we're, I try a photo that I post, you know, in a unique way and different than the last. Gotcha. And so do you have, do you have like different presets made based on like locations or lighting or things like that to help speed up your workflow? Yeah. Yeah. Usually I have my baseline or there might be a, a photo that, I posted or, you know, I, I edited it. And I'm like, Oh man, I want to remember that technique. So I'll, I'll save it as another preset, but yeah, usually I've got my baseline that I'll work off of, uh, you know, whether it's, it's harsh, you know, cloudy or sunset, whatever. Um, and then I just, just kind of go from there. Nice. What are some, what are some like safety tips and like, I guess, as far as the environment goes and protecting the environment and protecting the animals, like what are some good rules to abide by? Like when you're out in nature doing these types of, of things, I would, I would say, and some of this might come off a little contradictory. I don't know. Um, cause I know some of my photos, I, I am close, but, um, I, I try to read every situation, you know, but rule of thumb is 25 yards away. You know, you don't, you don't want to get closer than that. I see it a lot where, especially in Yosemite, the animals are so just cool with people. I see a lot of people going up and feeding them, um, which I, I never do. I'll never, (laughs) I'll never feed wildlife, but for that reason, there, there isn't as much, um, fear or hesitation. If I, if I'm wanting to break that, you know, 25 yard rule, if I want to get a little bit closer I know it's something that the animal has experienced before, but the goal is to really never uh, influence their, I guess, behavior or how they act, you know? Yeah. You you don't want to influence their behavior. So if, if they're backing away because you're getting close, that's, that's reason to back off right there. And then for like bears and wolves and stuff, it's, I, I think it's 50, yards away just yeah that's that's not that's not something you you want (laughs) to 
you want to mess with. But really, it's it's like you you got to read the situation. There have been times where I was photographing an animal, like a deer or something, and um, it's you know I'm taking pictures. I'm I'm um, crouched and not in a threatening position, and it's like coming up to me because it's interested. And then people will just run up to it and shove their phone in its face, and it takes off. And it's like, man, can't can't be doing that stuff. But that's the kind of stuff that will turn you know an innocent, or they're going to ram you with their uh, with their antlers or something. So and that stuff's not yeah. good to because then you're like a perfectly healthy animal could end up being shot or killed just because yeah. you're being a dip, you know and. Yeah, not respecting the animal, and now you put it in a situation where someone has to pull out a pistol and put it down. Yeah, it happens with bears all the time. You know, people will feed them, or they want to get a photo of it, so they bait the bear with food, comes into a campground, and now, now that bear is too familiar with humans, and they have to euthanize it. And it's like your your dumb actions are killing this animal. <laughs> Dude, someone should figure out a way to make like bait traps like you know when you when, if you steal something from a store and like the ink things blow up like on the clothing yeah. you get, <laughs> someone should create something for like the wild when people are out and if they're trying to feed animals it just like something just happens to them because it i i hate that stuff <laughs> you know it's ridiculous dude i know i know but anywho tell me that story so you, you had said something about you got charged by bison in yellowstone i'm <laughs> That sounds yeah. like an adrenaline rush. Dude, it was it was the funniest thing. So, yeah, we're, we're driving around Yellowstone, and bison will just be right on the side of the road. Or they, I mean, they actually have a name for them, bison jams. And they could be on the road, like a herd of bison, just blocking the road for hours. And so there's this one we were in. Uh, it was called Lamar Valley in, in Yellowstone like the the serengeti of of wyoming it's awesome you've got like wolves and grizzlies and foxes and like everything in this you know big open open valley uh so we're driving there's this big big bison that's just like it was a bull it was right off the side of the road actually so i posted a photo of this bison you guys uh the aov account shared it on there a while ago i think Uh, i remember which one so it's Okay. Yeah. So, so we're driving by and, and I had my wife, we switched spots. I had her drive. Cause I was like, man, I'm seeing too many animals right now. And I, if I'm driving, I can't take photos. Um, and there are times when you can't pull off to the side. So, so she was in the driver's seat. I'm in the passenger and I've got my 70 to 200 lens on right, right at that point. And, uh, we're going and there weren't many people on the road. So we pull up kind of, I mean, we're not getting close to this bison. We're just going down the road and we stop. And I was like, Hey, stop. I want to get a shot of this. It's standing in business, eating grass and all that stuff. And I was telling her, I was like, you know, it's so crazy how just how chill these guys are like out of, you know, they're, they've got all these people around and they don't ever seem to mind. Literally as I'm finishing that sentence, it starts like bucking and like jump like spinning around like it like it was a bull you know at the rodeo or something and it makes a a beeline to the truck i mean like towards right at the driver's side it's about 10 feet away and it is just charging and so my wife just starts like freaking out man she is like she's screaming and my reaction 
I, I didn't like, I didn't make a sound. I was just like taking shots, you know, <laughs> I'm just clicking, you know, trying to get a, a good shot and she pulls forward and it misses the back end by about a foot. And, uh, and then she just kept going. But I thought, I thought that was dude, the funniest thing, just given the, the different reactions personally, I mean, it was my truck. So I, I wouldn't mind, you know, a bison, the imprint of a bison head in the, <laughs> in the truck. I think that's a good story right there. But, um, yeah, man, if we didn't move, that thing would have, would have trucked us for sure. Dude, that's insane. I, yeah, I couldn't even imagine that. Bison and moose, man. Those are some big animals and they're quick. Yeah. 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 Moose, moose are surprisingly And they're fast. both pretty aggressive. I mean, they really are. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. Before we wrap up, I'm curious, what are like three, what are your top three photo tips that you would share with the beginner? If someone walked up to you and you was like, oh, Jeff Brenner, like, could you give me three tips? on how to be a better photographer, what would you tell them? One, I, I would say just just put in the work, get out and and challenge yourself, you know, getting out and, and not trying to take, you know, the easy route with with images and, and subjects, you know, try to try to get out and do something that not everybody's doing. Um, second is invest in gear. And and it's I don't know. I, I know a lot of people are like, Oh, it's, it's not the gear. It's who it's who's behind it. And it's, that's, that's totally true. But for me, when I first started out, I started out with, uh, it was a Nikon D 3,100 or 32, you know, entry level Nikon. And I would always look for a super good deal. And after a year I would resell it. So I would sell it for as much, I guess the price that I bought it for, or even a little more if I got a super good deal. And every year, uh, whenever I'd find the, a good deal on the next one up, I would, I would sell my previous setup and keep going. So, um, I basically, after like four years, I got to a professional setup and only ended up spending, you know, maybe two to $300 a year every time I would, I would resell it. So, um, I think there are ways that you can hustle and get the gear that you need, but also, it's important to use the gear that you have and, and not trying to use that as an excuse. You know, I've seen some amazing photographers that are, that are using like entry level stuff or even cell phone stuff, you know, third, don't, don't be afraid to, I, I guess, I don't know. I don't want to say sell out. It's, I don't really like the term selling out, but it's important to, to understand and recognize that not every, you know, if you, if you get a job that comes your way and you're not thrilled about it, that's okay to take it. You know, you got to pay your dues. If you want to work every day with a camera in your hand, you, you have to pay your dues to, to, you know, shoot those jobs that, that you don't love. So, so yeah, I, I would say take every job that comes your way. If you're serious about making a living from that. Yeah. I, I don't know. I would say those are my my three main, main things. <laughs> I love it, man. Anything else before we wrap up anything that, you know, your followers are always asking or anything that you'd like to, to share? I, I guess, I don't know. I, I would say I've, I've just been really thankful for the people that have supported me. You know, I, I don't have a huge following, but, um, the following that I do have, I've, I've felt a lot of support and encouragement by the people that are there. Um, 
I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to do, you know, it, it's not that my work rides on validation by people, but it really is nice when, when somebody's like, Hey man, great job on that. And then, you know, I, I gotta say my wife has just been like, I, I for sure wouldn't be doing this stuff without, without her help. Shout out without- to Katie. Shout out to Katie. Yeah, she does, she's not really active on Instagram. Usually I'm, she's like, oh, I got to post something and I send her a photo. I edited like, hey, give everybody an update, you know. So but no, really, she it's I've just been really thankful for the encouragement that I have. And, and I think without that, I, I probably wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. So and thank you, man. I, I really appreciate this opportunity. It's been really awesome. Absolutely. And one last thing before we wrap up, if you want to go ahead and leave the AOV community with some words of inspiration, motivation, uh, or advice, the time is now, my friend. So feel free to, to let it ring whenever you're ready. All right. Yeah. I, I think oftentimes with social media and just becoming a, a photographer nowadays, it's, it can be a little daunting seeing the, the artists that are out there you know, and thinking, oh man, there's, there's no way that I can make a living doing this. It's too saturated. There, there are plenty of ways to earn a living doing it. And, and I would say to not get discouraged by, by what people are doing, just use that as a tool to find something that nobody else is doing and find your niche. So it's still very, very possible to be a photographer videographer full-time you know i'm creative and and don't sell yourself short just got to get out and and not be afraid to hustle ladies and gentlemen jeff brenner (laughs) (laughs) dude that was awesome that was awesome thanks dude hey guys thanks for listening to another episode of the aov podcast our goal here at art of visuals is to keep everything free and to keep creating great tools and resources for you guys to utilize to to achieve all your guys' dreams in the photography, filmmaking, and content creation world, even entrepreneurship. With that said, we've picked up Adorama as a sponsor to help us cover some of our costs, and we're grateful for them. All we ask of you guys is if you're going to purchase gear, we'd really love it if you guys would head over to Adorama.com and make your purchase there instead of elsewhere. And just know that when you guys do that, you guys will also somewhat be supporting Art of Visuals and allowing us to continue to create great content for you guys, uh, like our podcasts, our free app, and a lot of the other great things we do. Also, if you listen to the podcast, all of the AOV presets are now free. So check out our website, shop.artofvisuals.com. Go get some free presets. The artist presets are still for sale. If you want to support the artist and you should support the artist, uh, just know that that money goes to them. And we're also going to be reworking that commission structure here in the next month. So we're really stoked about that. But go get some free presets. And if you guys want to buy gear, please support us. Help us out. Go to Adorama.com. Peace.